Welcome to Was It Good? I'm your host, Ravi, joined by my two brothers, Christian and Arjuna. We just watched Us by Jordan Peele, a movie that is not as scary as Get Out, but does it have the same layers that Get Out had? We're looking at the pacing of the film. Did it scare Arjuna so badly he hasn't slept in two days? And how does this film relate to Get Out? Quick spoiler, it doesn't relate to Get Out. I also, tricked you. Also, spoiler alert uh, to the movie. Also, you said that we just watched the movie, and then you said, have I not been able to sleep for two days? So there's clearly a continuity error within your intro. We are bad tacos. We do uh, we do go beyond space and time. So. <laughs> Christian, as you've uh, so at, you know, you've already started talking. Let us know well, what did what did you think about the film, like from a broad perspective. From a broad perspective, from a bird's eye view, from an upside down triangle. It uh, so this movie was was uh, was interesting on a couple of different levels. One, because it's Jordan Peele and it's following the outstanding success of Get Out. The movie was quite hyped. Uh, a lot of people were very excited for it, and I think. That led to a certain amount of expectations uh, around this movie. And so I think for many people, myself included, we couldn't help but feel like, you know, going to this movie expecting something incredible, like like a mind-blowing movie, perhaps something that, you know, takes movie making to the next level, right? Um, we didn't get that. I don't think we got that at all. But the movie itself, if you take it on its own merits and you get away from that hype and... Oh, hello, Megatron. I uh, get away from that hype. Uh, the movie was enjoyable. It was really interesting. And I'm still thinking about it uh, more than like 36 or so hours. No, twenty more than 24 hours later. So that is a good sign. Uh, and I'm sure as we get into this, we'll, we'll go into the, the nitty gritty because... Because uh, upon further review, upon thinking about it, the movie is deeply layered. There's actually a lot to discuss, uh, and I'm sure we'll get into it. But from a surface level, I enjoyed it very much. Uh, it's just unfortunate that Jordan Peele, you know, it sort of became the victim of his own success. Uh, I think the movie, it was hurt just a little bit because the expectations going in were so high. I agree with that, actually. That's part of the reason I left crying. Arjuna, Arjuna, Arjuna left the theater crying because, well, Arjuna, do you want to talk about the horrors of the film? And uh, yeah, you know, I'm so still forth? questioning my existence uh, in life, and if I am even in control of anything I do, you know. But it's also freeing because there's no consequence to what I do, so I can literally live freely and do whatever I want. And I know I'm not in control. I am the tethered. I live underground. Oh, you're a shadow person. I'm a shadow. Spoilers, by the way. I think we said that. Thank you. <laughs> we did. We did say that right in the beginning. But you well, know, just in case, this cat behind me. For those watching, if you're listening to the podcast, I guess you can't see it. But if you're watching the live stream or the restream of the live stream, there is there was a cat behind me who is controlling us, and we're just puppets. We're just puppets. He's the puppet master. Yes, I knew it. So. Uh, you know, so what did you think? What did I think? I mean, I think Christian hit the nail on the head. I went into the film with insane expectations, and I'd like to actually talk a little bit about that. Before this film even came out, when the trailer first dropped. Christmas Day? Christmas Day. There was a lot of hype around, oh my goodness, the, one of the greatest directors of all time. He's doing something even more crazy. This is going to be, based on the trailer, people were saying this is going to be on the same level as Get Out, which is 
a little insane. Like if we go and look at Jordan Peele's history, Jordan Peele is not known as a horror director. He is a comedic writer. That is what he's known for. Before he did the Key and Peele, he was doing uh, Mad TV. He was a writer there as, as well as producing some directing and also acting in a couple of skits here and there. So he's not known for his um, horror genre. He really did break out as the the big time new director on the on the field. Came out. What 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 did what happened at the award show? Everybody, what happened? What happened? What happened? Which one? The uh, Oscars. He won an Oscar. He won an Oscar. Oh, that's right. Oh, the he writing won. Oscar. He, he won the writing right. Oscar, which In is 2017. Right, which is what kind of everyone was like, oh my goodness, he is the newfound something or other. Yeah. So I think there was a lot of hype that was built up around this, a lot of speculation. Um, the really interesting and nice thing that Jordan did with his team uh, with this film is they didn't give you, they gave you barely anything. We were walking into the theater and I was saying to you guys, what do we know about this story so far? We know a family's on vacation. The son's name is Jason. We know the son's name is Jason. And we know that, you know, these people that look alike appear. We also and know that the family really likes that song. Five O. I got five on it. Yeah, that one. Is it really about drug drugs, by the way? Yes, it is. I would I, I checked the Wikipedia so. page. I wouldn't know because I don't do drugs much. Drugs do me. <laughs> wow. Why would you say it like I am that? the drug that drugs consume? Well, I I, I kind of want to go off your point, Ravi. But you, you, one thing that you said that stood out is like Jordan Peele is like one of the greatest directors of our time. But I think going into that hype, is he? He's directed before this one movie. Oh, my my point wasn't he's the greatest. Right. My point was that his elevation. My, my my point was that I think you know media and some critics and so forth blew the hell out of everything. So is he? Could he potentially go the way of M Night? Where you're always chasing to be to do the sixth sense again, but you never quite get there. That would be unfortunate, but yeah, you, you could see because, the universe. Because that is, isn't that what happened to M Night? He did the sixth sense. It was this. It was, it was helmed as like one of the greatest films of that time, right? With the sixth sense, with the big twist ending. That two, two twists, right? Right. That's well, what was revolutionary about the movie. Right. Two twists that people never saw. Coming. Exactly, and and so and that was and that is what M Night Shyamalan became known for, right? He always had to have the big twist and the big punch. And he, you, every single movie that followed, some got close, right? You know, Unbreakable was very good. Uh, Split was very good. Signs. Signs was good. The, the Village. The Village was... No, The Village sucked. Was, was okay. <laughs> the Village was a good film, guys. I don't know uh, what you're talking but, about. But none of those films reached the success and what... Uh, the, none of those films were as good as The Sixth Sense. Is that what we're going to potentially see with Jordan Peele here? Where... It, all of his movies, fairly or not, are going to be compared to Get Out, and he just becomes known as this one-trick pony a little bit, and everything everything might not quite live up to the, the success of that. I don't think it's going to be a M. Night Shyamalan type of situation. I think M. Night Shyamalan, what happened there, is kind of a guide, if you will, for new directors like Jordan. You can if you're if you're Jordan Peele, you're definitely kind of sitting there. And let me backtrack a little bit. Our opinions of what we've just said in the last, you know, five minutes or so, we are in the minority. The internet as a whole is very kind of like this is an amazing film. Last I checked, it's sitting at like a ninety four critics. I mean, I liked the film. Yeah, yeah. Actually I don't think anyone here is saying they didn't like it. Oh, I, I, I have th- problems with it. Oh, absolutely. But but I'm negative, Nancy. I, I, according to some of my listeners, I'm going to call him out by name. Josh Barnes, for example, he has come out and personally attacked me. 
You deserve it. That's true. I probably <laughs> just uh, Josh, just you know, for keep being doing the, what you're being, doing, man. Being the negative Nancy that I am. So I thought your name was was Daphne. That was uh, when I was in middle school. I decided to identify as Daphne during comedic bits. It was a, a comedy bit, Arjuna. Please understand uh, it, my comedy. It wasn't. <laughs> it I'm wasn't. a comedian. Oh, you're the comedian from Watchmen. God, no. I hope not. So, yeah, you know, going into it, you know, the critics and everyone are very, very happy with the film. Um, financially, it's a huge success. Mm-hmm. $88 million. Uh, It's the number one gross horror gross, fastest Grossing, grossing horror film to date wow. in an opening weekend, I believe. Correct. Yes. That's impressive. So it's it's already hitting, and you know, I think it it goes back to the whole hype train. And I want to move a little bit on from the hype train. We are going to talk about a little bit more because the hype train, unfortunately, especially like with the Marvel films, with comic book movies, the hype train is such a real thing. Rogue, Rogue One, it definitely, kind of <laughs> yes, fuck yes. Rogue, oh my god. <laughs> Quick side story, as as you two all know. When I saw Rogue One and I left that theater, I fucking shed a tear. Well, the best I part that was is, the rain. The best part is right. We left that theater and it was pouring like a torrential downpour of rain. And I looked at Ravi's face, and I'd never seen a man so broken <laughs> and so distraught. If like I still haven't recovered, like my fandom for Star Wars is not returned. Oh, it really, it, it, it really has. It really has. Yeah, you, you knew that movie told you right there that Disney I, had taken something so pure and fucked it up. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that movie honestly hurt you in a way that you know that scar will never go away for you. I don't think so, honestly. And I, it kind of sucks, but anyway, we're not talking about Rogan. We're talking about us. We are. Was it good? Let's keep pushing on here. So we'll talk about the hype train a little bit later. I do want to talk more about layers now. <clears throat> you know, from a Grand, you know, this is the synopsis, and you know, our synopsis is obviously going to contain spoilers. Christian, do you want to just kind of give us a big, quick? This is what the film was on the surface level. Yeah, surface level. Um, there was a bunch of clones that the government created. Uh, they created the clones and realized that you couldn't create clones with a soul, and so it ended up being the clones shared the soul with the original person. So you essentially have two bodies with the same soul, which means then you have two bodies sharing the same life and all the clones were kept underground and underground they mirrored the lives of the originals living this sort of shadow life and let's just say the main character uh, played by Lupita Nyong'o she meets her other and they swap and things go horribly wrong from there that was uh that was beautiful that was very James Franco way to spoil the whole film it was his what? quick you synopsis. You said you wanted a quick synopsis? Her name so, was Red. So that's kind of like the big... I was actually going to make it even more simplistic, which was... Oh, <clears> then you should have done it. Which was uh, family, family in distress. Oh, you want to go super Family general, being yeah. chased by murderers. Big, weird, science-y, sci-fi type twist. They survive, and... That's it's kind of the, the... To me, that's like the surface level of that's what the film is. Yeah, that's that's the action that happened. That's not what the film's about. I, I, right. Actually, I would argue that's not what the film is at right. all. Right, and yeah. that's what I want to get into, so I'm using this as a trigger point. For oh, me. I'm very good at this. So to you, <laughs> and I, I want to get to... I'll ask you first, Christian, because I'm sure it's on your mind. To you, yeah. what's the film about? Oh, boy. Okay, so this is, this is meaty. Thank you, Krishna. Oh, am I, am I cut off? They're coming out. Well, thank God you can't mic. You can't mute my mic. Uh, so the film to me is about marginalized communities 
and basically showing that anyone can be depending on what situation you are put into uh you can become as uh crazy as one of the tethered or you, you can be as normal as somebody who lives in mainstream society oh my god that was wow you just blew my mind a little bit no but but that's exactly <laughs> that's what the fil- the film is it takes two it takes two people Right. right, one from mainstream society, one a person who lives among the crazies and who is essentially crazy because that's how they grow up. They switch and they become the opposite. Like the person who grew up among the crazies represses her memory of that, becomes normal in mainstream society, and a person from mainstream society is a put among is put among the crazies and becomes quote unquote crazy. So Which, you- and and to me the message there is the the tethered represent marginalized communities so you can you can you can put any label you want on that poor people homeless people uh people who are quarantines people in third world countries uh anyone right uh refugees right and you take and we like and especially in today's society we like to label everything and put up walls metaphorically and literally right and label ourselves as one kind of person and somebody else as a different kind of person. And I think this movie was trying to show that when you take anyone and put them in a certain community, you it's, it's actually very easy to become that. And therefore, perhaps we shouldn't... Well, I, actually, the movie... actually I don't think it actually has a message on whether you should judge or not. It's just showing you how easy it is, you know, over time to become perhaps what you despise. I think that's an interesting take. I actually didn't think of it that way. Uh, Juno, what did the film to you represent? Well, I think there's two There's two main themes to this movie. There's duality and there's classism, uh, which is a lot of really what Christian's already hit on. But I think the obvious one being duality with, with the very obvious being that there's a copy of every single person and that they are, they are tethered and they live almost identically the same lives but in different uh, circumstances and situations. One lives above ground where you have all the fixings and nice nice areas of life. And then the other lives underground, um, living the exact same life, but with without the benefit of the sun, without the benefit of any food other than raw rabbits, without... The benefit of language? Without the benefit of language, <laughs> right. All, all of these things that are kind of taken for granted. So I, I do think that jo- what Jordan is going for here is deconstructing what society is, what class is, uh, and what identity is of, a, of an individual and a human being. Now, I read an interview um, with Jordan Peele saying that his inspiration, he actually, the first time he came up with the idea for the movie was when he was, I believe, a student in New York. And he would take the subway um, late at night um, home, and he would see his reflection on the subway, and he would see that mirror image. And so that overriding theme of duality and, and seeing that reflection of yourself, but it's not quite you, right? It might look like you, it might be you, it might do everything you do, but that is not exactly you. And so, you know, knowing Jordan, he probably smoked a ton of weed <laughs> and really thought about that idea. And I think... Now, he did it sober while he was at his in-laws. <laughs> you know, I think the uh, I, I think the big thing with this movie, the, the big the big plan of The Tethered is to hold hands across the world. Uh, which is across the country. Well, I would assume this is a worldwide phenomenon. 
Or is it just an American phenomenon? Well, well remember the, the world. Well, I mean, I looked at it as just an uh, American situation because remember, it's, number one, it's a government operation. Two, at the beginning of the movie, they referenced the underground tunnels specifically in America. In America, okay. yeah. They didn't mention Interesting. Yeah. And also, they're trying to escape to Mexico. So I assume, you know, that was still the plan at the end there. Well, they said also all across America this. Well, did they say that in the news broadcast? Yeah. I don't remember. It was across America. I was. I think that was the actual thing that happened. Uh, at that point, my ears and eyes were covered. So actually, what I'm really just saying is just purely speculative because <laughs> I missed half the movie. Uh, it just occurred to me as well, you know, what you just referenced probably also applies to just uh, an outer self and an inner self, right? Like a, For sure. Like a shadow self. Yeah. yeah. And I think that. Hey, and um, and Christian, look behind you. I think that's Shadow. the, but I think that's the point, and I I do like the idea. You know, I think class is a big part of this because they, you know, Jordan uh, takes all. You know, Jordan, me and me and Joe, because uh, we're on first name basis. Me and Jordan Peele, uh, I think he takes a lot of time um, showing not just the family, but the families standing in society and how they compare to other families. You know, they take the time to show the upper class white family that is their friends. They show that they have a smart home, a smart beach home that has a better boat, a better boat, a better car, better lives financially and societally. Uh, while they are well off enough to have a beach house as well, but their beach house is inherited, is a family inheritance. They have a less nice car. They take the time to talk about uh, Gabe, who is the father and husband, his less nice boat. You know that was cheap. It's a dinghy. The the uh, it breaks <laughs> the uh, white the white male the white father of the other family actually makes fun of him says like oh how's your din you know your dinghy and like did you get everything there's a little bit of mocking and even he even expresses a little bit of anger that night when wait, everything but, wait, goes wait, wait. is this to go uh, are, are we talking I was talking about the classism. This is classism. Yes. Okay, okay. His other not racism. No, no, classism. Classism. I, you know, I okay. think racism is Which a racism little. Which racism is going to be tied into? I think racism is a little bit, but I don't think that's the focus of this film. I was going to say I didn't pick up in any racist vibes. No, no, I, did, I, I think it's a class thing. I think it shows you. I you did. see, you see, you see an upper class, right? You see a middle class, and you see the lower class. You don't even see it. You can't classify them as the lower class. They are. They are the shadow. Well, you but you actually you no, actually I'm, I'm do kidding. see the lower class, oh, yeah. which is the guy, the homeless guy who is on the pier at Santa Cruz. Mm. You see the guy who's the Jeremiah 11, 11, 11, 11. You see him. He's the first victim. Yeah. Um, he's the first person that dies. The lower class guy dies. No one bats an eye, right? Yeah. It's just oh, he's gone, and he's the first person that's there on the beach uh, who Jason runs into. And then as middle class and upper class people start dying, it becomes a news phenomenon. So I I think all of you know I think all of those types of things are very intentional by Jordan to show the classism and actually that that's uh, something that just occurred to me with the the Jeremiah guy is that when she they're driving by you know present day and he's dead she doesn't really have much of a reaction which is interesting because it's not her who saw him it's Red who saw him right but so that just occurred to me because I was like I was remember thinking that during the movie I'm like. She doesn't really react to that. And that sign should stick out to her like a lot, right? Right. Um, since that's such a pivotal part of her, her life, she would remember all of that. Right. And she doesn't. She barely reacts. And well, I remember thinking that was weird. But then. remember. But then I remember it's not her who saw him. Well, so. she still shares the similar memories, though, with the tethered do. Well, because she did see True. the tethered version of him as she was going down, which they illustrated. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because remember, they're shared copies. They still share the same memories. 
or or at least that's what I thought. Or it's not it's not the same though. It's and like so they forth. they experience different. It, they experience it. The, they experience the same actions, but not exactly the same. Like what gotcha. they see is different. Okay, that makes that sense. Is, no, that makes that, sense. It's yeah, because like, it's almost like they're acting it out underground. Right, underground. You know. So so you you brought up a point though. On Arjun was going on about. Um, classism and then you said there what you did see some signs of racism in the film oh no i was just kidding well uh, i was gonna make a joke like i didn't say any indians or Asians mexicans and, uh, mexicans in the movie so, indians yeah, don't exist uh, in santa Cruz. i didn't also see any martians so you know alienism too good call good call yeah. didn't see any dogs that's true actually i didn't see any pets Pet- there were rabbits. Petism. There were so many rabbits the oh. rabbits were a food source they weren't pets fun fact no jason took one and had it in his lap uh in the last shot so, fun fact about the rabbits, the noises were made by Jordan Peele. That's his cameo in the movie. That is so weird. He also did that when he was high. He also cameoed as the deer voice in Get Out. What deer voice? The deer who's like slowly whimpering and dying and when they hit it with the car and Get Out. He did the voice. Jordan weird. Peele has decided... Does he know he's a human? <laughs> <laughs> he's He's gone beyond human. He's now... Like, animal voices. Like what? Did he research like what animals sound like and then just mimic them? He's dancing. Because that's like cheaper than recording an animal. Jordan Peele is officially dancer. Yeah, apparently. Jesus. They wanted. Yeah, they really need to save money on this thing. So moving right along, you know, I think we we hit a lot. <coughs> we hit on a lot of these. Well, things. what is the movie to you? Oh, I mean, you, you don't escape from this. You don't want me to answer this because you'll both roll your eyes. No, you, but we. Well, will, you, you have, have to. to you have to say. So it, yeah. to me, the film. It's a horror movie. It's a horror film that is meant to make you jump, and that is in part why I wasn't super thrilled with it. Because while these themes are super cool, they are not, to me, super apparent. Not like with Get Out. Get Out was... I left Get Out after watching it, and um, I understood what I saw. This, I have to think. Which I'm not saying is a bad thing, and that makes me sound like some kind of bigoted idiot, but... (laughs) (laughs) In this day and age where yeah, I, need to, it, man, I, need, I need to run fast and go fast, you know, I, I just wish a, a couple of these themes were a little bit more apparent. And then the other thing, and this is more of like a personal thing, and this has nothing to do with film critic type stuff or there's no right or wrong to it. But for me, I'm also trying this thing where I don't go into a situation and try and figure out what's the negatives, what are the bad things that this thing is trying to show me in my own world. Mm. You know, films, right, for me, they're supposed to be an escape. But no, no, no. That is what they can be. Sure. That's not, that's not a universal definition. Some I, films I, are made to make you I, think. I said, for me. Well, then this, this is what I want. But but not every film is made for that. No, of course not. Okay. As long as you know that. But I still want something to let me escape a wee bit. Because then, other, then otherwise, go, Then go see your Marvel uh, movies and your Star Wars. What was that? Was that a Boston <laughs> as, accent? As a, an attempt at a, at a Star Boston. Wars. You want to go see a Star yes, Wars? Star Wars. Star Wars. I still think you can you can hit upon both, mm-hmm. and I don't think. I mean, Get Out clearly did that. Get Out for did you, at least. It I did? mean, Get Yeah, it get, gave both. It gave like a nice fun little escapism. Really? Yes. And the, the whole interracial uh, dating didn't. You know that that was an escape for you to see that. Yeah. To me, that would be like PTSD. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. Wait, what? No, for me. I mean, for if uh, it doesn't matter. No, no. I want to <laughs> dig into this <laughs> yeah. on this podcast. No, that's <laughs> just it's so interesting to me, right? It that freaks me out. Sorry, it freaks me out a little bit that the doors open and he keeps and he's meowing now. 
Just so you're aware, for, we have a cat, and uh, the cat wants to play right we now. We apologize that the cat is ruining the high qu- audio quality <coughs> of this podcast. So, uh, so just to clarify my point, it's, it's interesting to me that a movie like Us, right? Yes. Which is all about something, I would say, pretty fantastical, that a, a bunch of clones live underground, was less of an escape than a movie that depicts an interracial couple... Where the white lady mm-hmm. and her entire family yes. are using black people, and that movie was more of an escape for you, like that—that's just that's what I find very interesting. I didn't say my idea was right. I just said it oh, was no, 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 different. I, 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 no, well, I'm not. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's just, that's just an interesting observation. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Are you are you good? You're looking around He's like hearing awesome. voices in his head. Oh no! I just—it looks like my internet's not working. He's part of the tethered. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, you've been saying nothing but part of the tethered. Tethered now for two uh, days. For, yeah, oh, it's coming up to two days. Because what don't you? What don't you all understand? We are the tethered. Okay. There's a Arjuna and a Krishna Ravi above us right now, making our decisions for us. What do you mean? Let's go kill them. What? <laughs> Who's with me? No. What? You have to go to a you know a little mirror fun house or something. <sighs> so moving right along, uh, I think it's about that time. In most of these podcasts, we'd like to break down the um, CGI, the CGI, the computer generated images. Now, granted, there's not a lot of CGI. A lot of it is practical effects. You know, the fire, some of the explosions clearly are not. But there is one particular scene that stands out towards the end of the film where somebody please pronounce her name. I'm an idiot and I can't pronounce Lupita it. Lupita Nyong'o's character, Lu- Adelaide. Adelaide is now fighting herself, Red. Red, in what appears to be a classroom. And Red is in the uh, foreground of the shot on the, le- on the right side in focus. And then there's this weird line thing. And then there is her <laughs> other self in the background. And it is poorly done. It reminds me of a student film I did in college where actually Arjuna here was in a similar situation where he was basically, basically we need Arjuna in the same shot, you know, on two different sides. And we basically took Arjuna, took took our two camera angles, did a crop, and then stuck it together and said, that works. I'm not going to lie. I, I think our version might have looked better. Well, I made sure we lit it to a degree so that it kind of blended nicely. This just looked like they took the, the pen tool in Adobe Premiere, <laughs> poorly cropped it, and said, you know what? That works. So so I, I've been watching Star Trek Discovery, and I swear it was the same editor or the same <laughs> or something, but the exact same thing was in that show. And then it, and it thro- a thought occurred to me. Oh my god, how long has this been going on of using like people in the in the foreground then blurring out the side and having like the background it was I mean I, it was I, weird. I actually I actually uh, I totally understand what you're saying and how it looked weird. Uh I guess the feeling I got from it when I saw it was it was supposed to look a little bit surreal, kind of like dreamlike. Sure. So that's why it looked so weird. I didn't I didn't look at it hard enough to see the it, flaws. I, I mean for me at least I I understand where Ravi's coming from because for me it took me out of that moment. Sure. Um, and once they went to the fight scene, it was amazing. But in that moment, it was weird because I was like, "Wait, what?" Like, it, I just, I, I actually, I, I almost want to say it might be, it must be a throwback to a movie because that whole last thing I was reading, like when she's limping, 
and swinging away with her golf club is supposed to be like I think an homage to uh, The Shining, where uh, Jack Nicholson is limping around with an axe. So I wonder if that shot, where it looks so poorly done, is almost like a is like a shout out to a movie, maybe an old horror movie that Jordan really likes, and he made it look bad on purpose. So like a callback to a horror movie from the 80s or something. Maybe, or but it doesn't match with the rest of the, the film. Like all of a sudden you have that one random shot where it sticks out because of how poorly it looks. It doesn't it doesn't stick out for good for me. It doesn't stick out for good reasons. It sticks out for, for bad reasons. For great reasons. And that was one of the interesting things I did read on Rotten Tomatoes is somebody had said, you know, once you get through Jordan's homage to every single horror director mm-hmm. out there, you're left with this story or whatever, it would have been fascinating if he kind of went into it and didn't necessarily do homages to everybody and just kind of told his story. Mm. It's cool to like honor Hollywood and, and all. I almost did it and so forth. God damn it. 100%. I almost just did it again. Wow. <laughs> Somebody else talk. Oh, so going off of that point, so something that I wanted to talk about that I think was a, a big, was a big story coming into this movie was Jordan had talked about how, he was upset that people didn't get that Get Out was a horror movie, that some people thought it was comedy, right? And he said, I, I strictly want to make Us, like, very obviously a horror movie. Yeah. And I came out of Us, and I liked it, but to me it's not a horror movie. It's a thriller. It's like an action thriller almost. Mm-hmm. Um, with a little bit of psych. With, with a little, with, with again, even, potentially even more humor than in Get Out. It was, it was funnier uh, than Get Out. Like, Winston Duke, by the way, my favorite part of the entire movie. He's great. And so that was confusing to me. And then, you know, kind of going off of your point, like Jordan not making his own movie and, and having all these these homages to, to horror and everything. And I feel like Jordan might be missing the point of what he actually wants his movies to be. Or, or you know, I, I think because I think when a lot of people think horror, they think blood, guts, gore, you know, very the very classic like five to ten people in a movie they all kind of dwindle down to like one or two and that's you know that's kind of a horror movie a horror movie truly scares you visually right it it truly creeps you out you get goosebumps you are frightened watching the movie i can't say like as someone who is very squeamish uh, in movies and gets very scared very easily uh i I can't say i was like scared for most of this movie certainly there are parts where you know it was a dark corridor or whatever and this very thriller-y but I wouldn't say it was a horror movie. Don't look behind you. I agree. For a junior not to don't look behind him. Don't look behind you. Yikes. He, he did it. Now you've seen Now you've seen the truth. Everything. But what did you guys think? What would you classify this movie as? Comedy. Wow. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. I would probably I would probably say straight thriller. I would say I would say probably if I had to label it like a slightly scary thriller. I, w- I would say or a suspenseful thriller. How about that? I would say it's a gore fest. Close Re- to it. Really? I don't think it... I thought it was pretty gruesome for... I, I, and I classify it as gruesome just because you have the kids killing people. Mm. When you when you cross that line, it's almost... To me, it's almost as bad as like Saw where the person's cutting his, uh, cutting his, leg, his own leg off. Because you're crossing a line because you're not... The average person is not going to go see a 10-year-old or, 12, or however old the, the daughter was... Take a swing at um one of those 
it's creepy a lot, twins. It's a lot more common now than you. I mean, Kickass has it. Like True. A, lo- a lot of a lot of popular movies now I'm, has kids killing people. I mean, maybe I'm misremembering Get Out, but I feel like it's almost the same amount of gore as Get Out. I don't remember any gore in Get Out. He yeah. impales the dad. He impales the brother or the dad with the. Oh the yeah, that was. Thing. I mean, that was like a that was like that's a like ten it. minute sequence. They open the this, head up. Whereas this know? movie was like you know it was kind of from two from one third all the way to the end. Yeah, for sure. So, so there's more of it maybe. And I mean, but it's pretty boom. gory when like Winston Duke's uh, doppelganger goes through the boat. That was pretty everyone, uh, everyone chunky. Went, everyone went. <gasps> maybe maybe I'm desensitized. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I think uh, that's. Maybe I think that's Avengers uh, Infinity War was more gory. He killed half the war- you know universe. I mean, if we're Just going saying. off of like if gore equals death, then yes, Avengers Infinity War is the goriest film of all time. No, all it's time. not. Of what other film does half the universe die in? I don't know a movie where the entire universe dies. I'm sure it exists. Touche. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Sunshine. Sunshine. Not everybody dies. I wish. I wish they did. Wow. That's dark. <laughs> That's true because I succeed in that mission. Let's uh, let's start a new type of thing. Um, Krishna, yes. favorite part of the movie. Ooh, I like that. Ooh, that's a great question. And it actually. doesn't have to be like an actual sequence. It could be a certain thing with one liner. Oh, okay. yeah, could yeah. be the music used. Could be how it was cut, shot, cut, etc. Yeah, uh, I, I actually, and so I, forth. I ju- <laughs> I actually just mentioned it, but where it really was Winston Duke. Like, uh, hmm. I, I just I felt like. He was almost like a uh, a puppet, and Jordan Peele had his hand um, up his butt and was controlling Winston Duke because Winston Duke reminded me so much of Jordan Peele, and it was so at least to me it seemed like it was Jordan Peele's humor to the max. <laughs> so I was I couldn't help and but not see Jordan Peele when I looked at him, and I'm a huge fan of Key and Peele, so uh, I really enjoyed that part of it. Uh, and to to be honest, perhaps the movie would have been scarier if it had been less Winston Duke. It may, maybe it's more suspenseful and more scary if you don't have Winston Duke cracking these hilarious one-liners every other. He was line. definitely the co- comedic relief because yeah. what's the character's name? Because Lupita, right, is her name? Lupita is the Lupita? actress's name. Right. The character's name was Adelaide. So Lupita was very, very intense, obviously, like especially like when she was telling the story of her as a kid. I mean, we started out with her as a kid, and it was super intense and scary and sketch. Oh, that child actor, by the way? Amazing. Inc- incredible. Like, she was, like, these kids, the kids actually, that they had, them, yeah, yeah they all, all three of them did a fantastic yeah. job. The one that didn't do as well as their evil doppelganger was Winston Duke. Like Abraham, <laughs> Abraham's just <laughs> Abraham was just hilarious. Frankenstein, like Winston like Duke's hilarious, but his doppelganger evil was not super funny. It was just a very funny very guy. funny. Uh, fun fact: as we're talking about the cast, the actor who played Adelaide's father was Black Manta in Aquaman. Oh, cool! He was better in this than that. Correct. Which is which excuse that? me, <laughs> he. Black Manta was the best part of Aquaman. Okay. So, Arjuna, <laughs> what was uh, your favorite piece of the film? Uh, I, I want to go with the music. I, I think uh, I think kind of like Get Out, uh, I really enjoyed the music, and I thought the music worked really well. It was I think it was almost a very similar theme at the very beginning of this movie as to Get Out with the, with the uh, orchestral kind of theme that was kind of surreal and very intense. Um, it goes really well together, and I think, you know, that really heightens um, the final fight scene between Adelaide and Red. 
when they really cut it to the you know the ballet dance and um, the five O music. I, yeah, I yeah. got five on it. Oh, the, the remix. Yeah, I so saw. I, I think I think that really that helped the movie a ton, and I think that was one of the more beautiful parts of it. Nice. What about you, Ravindra? My favorite is going to be actually it's my favorite, and it's also the thing that annoyed me the most was the the long takes. The long takes in the beginning were very like when we first started. I liked it because we didn't know what was going on. We knew that this film was supposed to be scary. We didn't know how. Was it psychological? Was it jump? Was it gore? So those I liked because it was kind of setting the mood. But then I felt there was just one too many, more like five too many. Because then once we kind of got into it, I was like, okay, you need to move the story along. And if you break the film down, it's just under two hours, I believe, or two hours and something. Yeah, well, I think it's just over two is hours. One, uh, it's 116 minutes, so four oh. minutes uh, under two. So majority of the movie, an hour and a half of it, is build up to kind of figure out everything, which, you know, it's okay. But at the same time, you're I was into this because I wanted to know what is the story, like, what is going on? And then in the last 30 minutes, we got a lot of information, a lot of information thrown at us. And as moviegoers, and I'm going to speak generally here, a lot of people want to know the whys on everything, right? They want to know why was this done? Why was this done? And, you know, a lot of reviews that came out, like Gizmodo had a, uh, an article on, on us, and, you know, it was just filled with our, an, our unanswered questions, you know, such as things like, why did they pick the 1986 thing across the arms? Where else were where else were all these facilities? Why did they truly abandon the experiments? Why or how did um, uh, her husband, how did they clone him and, and this and that? Like, there's a lot of questions. And you were given so many questions and they just weren't answered. You were just left to kind of fend for yourself, which is okay. There's nothing wrong with that, but... A lot of I think the general moviegoers they want to know with a, a complete story mm-hmm. or complete idea. So, what's interesting? What was the question? <laughs> what was your favorite part of the movie? So yeah, the so the, the the cinematography and the long takes were were my favorite well, and my least favorite. Well, what's interesting for what you said was uh, about the unanswered questions. I, I've talked to a couple of my friends who've seen the movie, and almost universally, they all agree. I wish we had gotten a movie just about the tethered. I wish we just got a movie all about what they're about, their existence, everything like that. Because some of, some of my friends really found that to be fascinating, like the whole idea of there being uh, a clone of you, and you know having a shared soul and a shared existence, and that breakaway. Some people, you know, and I think I definitely see your point. There's a lot of interest there, and there is a lot of unanswered questions. There's a lot of kind of connecting the dots of. Well, you know, why can Red break away and why is she able to leave? And then Yeah, so what like, makes her so special? What made what makes her special? I think that's a big question, right? Why does um the Jason's doppelganger copy what he does and walk into the fire willingly, right? Uh does does Jason have control over his doppelganger or is he just mimicking him, right? Why is you know, there's there's tons of questions, right? That you like can answer. Endless amounts and of questions. And I think what was interesting, too, with a lot of the reviews that came out afterwards, people were writing articles of, oh, this sets up everything perfectly for a sequel. Some were like, well, do we need a sequel? I personally don't feel that we need a sequel. Uh, Christian, what do you think? Sequel needed for this? Um, 
I mean, I I would say from what I've seen, no. But I wouldn't rule one out if they were going to take the sequel in a really interesting direction. So maybe like 75% from a tethered perspective. You know, that could be kind of interesting. Um, Like to me, it wouldn't be that interesting to see the aftermath because I think it would just be the tethered getting gunned down. That's the only logical conclusion to that, in my opinion, right? Right. Uh, So to me, that wouldn't be that, you know, interesting. It just doesn't seem that cool. Uh, like we could get more information on, you know, why the government did it and all that, but I don't, I don't think you need it. I think there's nothing they could come up with it, come up with without it being kind of generic, unless there is a, a really interesting twist that they can come up with. Um, so I just, I would say no, but if they can come up with a really interesting left out of left field kind of way to do one, then sure. well, well, Jordan, Jordan Peele says that he has an entire backstory and he knows all the answers about the tethered but he hasn't said anything about this he, being part of a universe no or he hasn't revealed sequel. what that information is and it in, in the past when he talked about movies he's shown a distaste in doing sequels and reboots because he's a smart man he wants to he wants to do originals he wants to solely focus on originals having said that he is heavily involved in the reboot of twilight zone which i think is great and um but we'll have original stories i assume yeah, we'll have original stories and fun, fun, fun things there. And that I'm more excited about. That. Oh, once again, though, the hype train. Crap. Yep. I'm screwed. Speaking. Tether yourself. Speaking of fun things, I do have a few more fun facts, uh, historical firsts about the movie. If anyone is interested in this information, nope. And I am going to talk like a robot. Uh, interestingly enough, I was reading this about the marketing of the movie. Uh, the studio, so the the budget of the movie was twenty million dollars. Now the studio actually, despite there only being the trailer on Christmas and then also the Super Bowl spot, the there was seventy seven million dollars spent on marketing for the film. That's a lot, right? That's a, that's a lot. That's almost four times the budget of the film. Oh wow! Uh, so the movie then clocks in close to a hundred million dollars. Um, so there, it was uh, it was a high end marketing. Uh, type of distribution for this movie. There was a lot of secrecy around it. There was a lot of, you know, that was that that kind of secret element building up to Christmas Day when the trailer was released. At that point, there was virtually no information about the movie whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then even from then, uh, like Ravi had mentioned earlier, there just going into the movie, you didn't unless you read what the movie was about. You didn't know what the movie was about, really. You you kind of just knew that. The very very basic premise and even then as we've seen the movie um there's there's a lot more to it that's all i have for fun facts mm, that's not really fun oh actually one more fun fact i'm not having fun the actress who played the wife or the mother of adelaide is starfire in titans really yes correct what's titans again titans is the live action titan show on the dc streaming app wait the mother of who Adelaide in the flashbacks. She's Starfire? She is Starfire. Really? Wow. She's radically different. Makeup, man. It's Makeup. called acting, Ravi. And Look at star- up. And superpowers. Maybe you can learn some. Wow. What a, what a bully. And act a like a nice person. Do we, do we want to hit on the twist ending? I mean, we've mentioned it, but do we want to talk about its impact on the film? Do we see it, though? I guess let's start right there. Sure. I don't see it as a twist ending. because I don't either. Very actually. obvious. 20 minutes into the film. I actually was surprised. 
But Shut up, really? A lot, a lot of, but I, so I'm actually really good at being bad. At being bad <laughs> at picking up twists. So when twists <laughs> okay. happen, they almost like 95% of the time, they shock me because I, I never see them coming. Sure. So that one was like, you know, really, I didn't see it coming. That being said, it wasn't surprising. I'm like, oh, right. yeah, no, that all completely makes I, sense. I had my suspicions when it got confirmed for me is when she went back into the house of their friends. And then she murdered the daughter, and she made the animal sounds. Mm, okay. And Jason kind of walks in and looks at her a little scared. Yep. And at that point, I was like, she's definitely not the tethered because she's so because going back to like classism and stuff, I think it's another it's another commentary on that, right? Mm-hmm. So she grew up her first, you know, let, let's say what well, what what do we think Adelaide was when she switched eight six. Six or eight. Six or eight, right? So her first six to eight years, she grew up in, you know, this chaos with with the tethered, with insanity, not speaking, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Those basic instincts are still there, and you see that when she murders uh, the daughter, that kind of animalistic basic instinct, even though she does fit in, like you said earlier, with society. Mm Mm-hmm. But she's repressed those memories. Exactly, they're coming back. Exactly, you see yeah. it there. You see it when she she laughs when she kills Red. Right, you know she. You know you see that. You see that brutality uh, in her character come out. Also, what I just remembered about this movie: they each kill their own doppelganger, the main family. Yes. Yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. They each kill their own doppelganger. Yeah. I like how you're repeating that as if there's some deeper meaning. There's, there's there. impact there. How? What impact? Well, it's interesting because in the movie, the tethered appear, at least from what we see, to be only able to kill themselves. That's not true. We don't see anyone we, kill. We don't see any any of the 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 tethered kill anyone besides their. Own their own selves. Their what own about self, yeah. when um, the daughter's doppelganger was? She stabs that guy in the leg. We don't ever see her murder him. That's a good point. What? I guess you're right. And the reason I say that is specifically for um, the mother of the the mother doppelganger of the white family? of the white family. <laughs> she the, clearly the she clearly wants to stab Adelaide in the face, but she and can't. she pulls back, and then she like. Stabs herself. Peels her own face back, like Joker-esque. Now, uh, I think, Christian, you mentioned this before. It could be because Red said Adelaide's mine, or or that's the rule that she instilled. You can only kill your doppelganger, or you can only kill the original, because at the end of the day, are the tethered that bad, or do they just want to be seen? I think they just want to be seen like any of us. And I think that's it. They feel like they need to kill their originals so they can be seen. Right. You you actually see the the father of the white family, the doppelganger, he puts on the the nice coat after he kills them and he's kind of goofy. He's like, yeah, he becomes goofy. Yeah, yeah cuz he's trying yeah. to fit in. That's all he's trying to do. Honestly. That that's that's my point. Okay. You, you can all stop staring at me now. You're kind of weird. Thank you. I appreciate that. Very, very weird. Mm. Mm. Krishna. Yeah. Arjuna, I think it's that time. Do you want to be a millionaire? Actually, no. Krishna was Us by Jordan Peele. Good. Yes, it was. Shocking, I know. Arjuna was Us. Good. Or was it bad? 
Wait, nope. I fucked it up. Arjuna, was us good? And yes, was it good? <laughs> yes, it was good. Ravi, was us good? I'm going to say yes because I don't want to get hate mail. Whoa. <laughs> no, Ravi, you say yes because you believe it or you don't say yes at all. Don't, it, don't sacrifice the integrity of what we have here. How dare you? How dare you? No, it was a generally good film. Oh, there you go. I mean, there we go. That's how we very go. few yeah. films do you think about days afterwards. Or yeah, it's true. I, I really haven't. I Since watching the film, I haven't stopped thinking about the film. Well, that's because you're afraid that the tether is no, going to wake no, up and I, kill you. No, in all seriousness, like I, that's the joke I make. But I just, I, I've really been thinking, I've never thought about a movie this deeply thematically ever. Really? Like I've, I've, re- I've really been thinking about the themes of this movie a lot. And I don't know why. It just it sat with me. It had a profound impact on me in terms of just the message that is trying to be portrayed there. And I think there's multiple messages, like I think a lot of good films have. And those just really have sat with me. And, you know, I think I think that's cool for a movie for a movie. Um, one thing we didn't even mention in this podcast, I know we're at the end. Uh, this was the first mainstream horror movie ever to star a a main black black cast. Yeah, and we didn't bring it up because we're trying to change the world. I, which was great. I, I honestly think that's great. But you just you brought it up. It. You just no, fucked I, it I up. I didn't ruin it. I think it's great that we could go a whole Arjuna Ramgopal, this brown yeah, yeah. person, you fucked it up. Would you watch us again? Uh, No. That's a lie. Of course I would. Get, get the fuck out of here. Tethered Krishna. <gasps> what? What? Ravi? <laughs> Who am I? Yeah, I would watch it again. But nah. without you, though. <laughs> Would you watch it? Hi. Yes. Actually, the next time I see it, I want to be stoned off my ass. Um, actually, I, I think it should be mentioned here. Um, on subsequent viewing, so things that I'm going to be looking out for are that uh, I think I think uh, Jordan Peele uh, chose specifically to depict the family's doppelgangers in a very specific way for a specific reason. And I'm, I want to go back and wa- on the subsequent viewings and see what those are. So here's my hypothesis for each one. Uh, the reason that Jason uh, backs up into the fire, there's a line on the beach when his sister says he has trouble concentrating. So to me, I wonder if his dark version has like, he overly, he concentrates too much and ends up copying everything Jason does. The girl, the sister, she's always smiling and you almost never see the other girl actual smile. She's like sassy, but you generally she's a teenager. Exactly. Uh, but her but her doppelganger just like doesn't know how not to smile, right? So it seems to me that the tethered, uh, with the exception of red, or maybe maybe that applies too, seem to be like almost like repressed ver- repressed aspects of themselves or dark versions, hidden, like a not, not shadows, not necessarily dark, right? Because they're still human. Sure. But it's it's like uh, aspects of each character that they don't maybe have. So I just want to go back and see if I am if that's actually a thing, or if I'm just looking too much into it, which I very well might could be. be. Could be. Yeah, that's gonna do it, folks. Thank you for listening. Um, as you are probably well, you're probably not aware of. We do these podcasts live on Twitter, Twitch, Bad Taco on excuse me, on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and our Facebook. Um, all on our Bad Tacos channel, Bad Tacos Media. Definitely follow us on was it at was it good, and check us out on Instagram at was it good BTM. BTM. This was Ravi, your host, joined by two two interesting people. 
Baldy and Tuna. I'm tethered. Oh my God. Please cut it. Goodbye. Hit stop.